Yeah, yeah, man's here in it. Bag out the podcast one time. Hey, it's Griff's Brain Dubs, episode 36. And uh, it's me, Griff, obviously. <laughs> I am energised because I'm just full of fake energy. That's how I feel really energised. So when I'm tired, I can just pull it on. So it's the energy I use to get on stage and just pretend... I don't want to be in bed. That's what's happening. Um, hey, how's everyone doing, man? You good? Always start my rhetorical question. Calling this quite late. It is 9.30. And I'm just going to try and just power through. There's going to be like minimal gaps. I'm going to be just talking continuously. Going to be like the most... What the... That cat is fucking huge. So I got scared. I thought it was some kind of mythical creature just standing on someone's wall. But um, I was like, yeah. A week, I'm not going to start from Monday to, to Saturday because that's when I get bored. I'm going to start with the most exciting thing, which was yesterday. Absolutely hilarious. That gig at the Arbor City Hotel. I thought I was going to be hosting the gig and then I was double booked. So I just turned up and performed instead. So I can't complain. And um, it was a fun gig. I did it last month. And uh, the most fun part of the, mu- of the night was... Just before it was going on, me and uh, me and my comedy pal Travis J was sat at the back, chatting nonsense to each other, and then we just started saying, "Do what this gig needs. It needs you to start telling some horrible jokes." Actually, no, that's how it started. I said, "Mate, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna kill it tonight. I mean, when I say kill it, I'm gonna tell some horrible jokes." That no one will like. Just just destroy the room. So no no comedy can happen here again. And he was like, oh yeah, you need to start telling some horrible jokes. Like just just drop a joke about, you know, just casual joke like rape or something. <laughs> and look, this and ironically I end up in a debate about uh about joking about rape on someone's Facebook. Completely separate from that. Um and this thing in comedy you can make you can create a joke about anything, any tragedy, anything bad. You can create a joke from. And um, so we were just going back and forth to say, like, the most horrendous things that they're jokes. But that isn't what the night was about. Then he goes, all right. And then I said, yeah, you know, just like rape, um, just just casual stuff, you know, cancer. Um we were both just like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot tell jokes about that. I don't want to. And again, as I keep on saying, I've been trying to practice clean, non-controversial, you know, family-friendly. The kids can like it. The mums and dads like it. The great... Your nan likes that. You know, oh, isn't he a lovely boy? That Darren, he's lovely. He is. Oh, he's funny. He's really funny. You know, I was tr- I'm trying to write m- more material. Now, I had a nice joke about laundry. I had, um, I had jokes about holidays, you know, internet passwords. It was just all all just wholesome stuff that everyone could get involved in. Let's all get round the TV and watch Darren Griffiths. Um, but I said that, Travis like, that's what I want to practice. And he went, nah, nah, come on, man. Just do it. It'll be epic. Do it for the night. Do it for the culture. Do it for the scene. <laughs> Because this will be one of those iconic nights if you do this. And I was like, I can't, I can't. He goes, bro, if you get on stage. And I started saying more, we started saying more horrible jokes. Because if you get on stage, 
and tell those jokes, I'll give you £20. I was already getting paid for the gigs. I didn't need the £20. But when you are from Essex and someone just turns up the banter, turn up the banter fella, I was like, do what? I might do it. I might do it. But I was like, nah. So I got on stage now. Told my first wholesome joke about, you know, um, being on the train and the headphones and everyone laughed at loved it. Then I already had a joke about Vegas. Again, isn't actually again all my jokes about um instances that happen in um, in the world never takes the Mickey out of victims. That's what people understand. You you may hear the joke and but it doesn't say Mickey out of victims, except for the joke I did about nine eleven actually that. No, that's not all the victims though, that's that's particular victims. Anyway. So I did my Vegas joke, that got a bit of a laugh. The last bit didn't really work. And the next joke was just wholesome. I've done it before and it's a nice wholesome joke that would have got the crowd back on side. But instead, I saw Travis's face at the back of the room. He's like, he just does that. Did that look to say like, bro, come on. And I was like, fuck it, it's happening. Travis, it's happening. And he just went, he shook his head as if to say, no, it's not. It's not. I go, guys, and I'll start telling the joke. I'm not going to say the joke on the podcast. Um. Because I don't want to ever repeat that joke. But here's the thing. The rape joke worked. The cancer joke didn't. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad that it didn't work. Um, it's just, yeah. And that is just comedy, man. I could have told the routine I wanted to do. But then I would have always had it in my head. What if? What if I did go that dark and people liked it? And here's the thing. People did. Some people really liked the dark stuff, man. So people really liked it. And that's the thing with like dark humour. Is people either really like it or they're like, that is offensive. You've offended me. And it's I only talk about offence in comedy because I went to see Ricky Gervais on Thursday. And he does a whole bit about being offended in comedy. And here's my view about being offended in comedy. It's my right to tell the joke. It's your right to be offended or laugh. I'm not going to take your right to be offended away. But you can't take my right to tell the joke away either. It's like That's the risk you make as you take as a comedian. You say things and it's not a joke until the audience hear it and they laugh. Well, a good joke. It's a joke either way, but it's, it's not a good joke to the audience hear it and laugh. So you've got to find your audience. And the only way you can find your audience is if you keep on telling the joke. It's only then you'll find your audience. You can't think they'll like this every, every time a comedian tells a joke he thinks they'll like this i hope they like this i hope they get where the joke's coming from that's all you can do man that's all you can do so it's quite a fun night um went out after for my uni friend's 30th and um her mum and dad was out not gonna lie her mum what a spice <laughs> Ah, it was so funny. All the guys and the girls all oh, going, bloody hell, man. You seen her mum? <laughs> Very pretty lady. But um, it was all jokes and banter. But they, um, her mum and dad outlasted her on the night out. She went home and um, they stayed out for a good, good half an hour after her. So fair play to them. Absolute fair play to them. And... Um, yeah, I can't go. I can't go into 
to what else I've done. Like, not not because it's embarrassing to me. It's just embarrassing to someone else. And uh, yeah, no, can't do it. Can't do it. It's, un- it's unfair. It's unfair. They're, they're not. Yeah, they're not my friend. If they're my friend, I'll do it. But they're not. They're a friend of a friend. And I, I can't. All I'll say is they were a lady and they were, they seemed to be on a mission that night to get something slash anything. And it was, was, it's kind of hard to to watch. Um, It was, it was hard because they were trying to make me a part of it. And I was like, nope, I'm, uh, no, thank you. Um, Nope. You stay away from me, please. And <laughs> ah, I've got to say it. I've got to say it. I've I've I've, I've dancing around it. Okay. So on the night out, there was a woman there who managed to obviously put her kids away for the night, and she was out letting her hair down. Fair play. Single mums need fun too. Why not? And it. As soon as I got there, people thought, uh, yeah, watch out for her. She seems to be on a mission, like, for just just anything tonight. So a lot of my friends, it was just like, yeah, if you spoke to her, yeah, this, no. And then it came around to my turn now um, of her talking to me. And I was like, um, I feel like these guys have been harsh. And I was like, she's probably just really friendly. Then talking to her, I was like, oh, no, no, she's she got, she's got one thing on her mind. She's definitely got one thing on her mind. And I was like, sorry, love. Um, no, I've, I've, I've got, got a girlfriend, so no. And she's like, no, I'm not, not trying to honour you. Just, and she was just saying some absolutely horrific things. So I was like, I'm just going to just gonna walk over here. <laughs> I was going to walk over here. So my friend, he was being an absolute gent. He was kind of just playing guardian to her. He thought, if she just talks to me, she won't talk to anyone else. And... You know, we could have to just try and sway her to go home. And you know, it's something trying something else. When's your when's your train? It's like my train's twenty four hours. It's like, damn it, damn you, night tube. It's like go home. It's like, it's like just want you to go home, um, and we could just stay out as and just, and just hang out as the boys. But they wouldn't go home, so we all had to go home to get her home. And um, my friend was a hero, so shout out to him. Um, and, oh, by the way, he didn't take her home like as in that way. He just ushered her onto the train and didn't get on the train with her and said, oh, see you later, get home safe. But that was yesterday. And today I just came back from um, a really interesting event, which I'm not going to lie. I About two hours before I was ready to send a little text to say, oh, I can't make it. And I was going to fully lie. So oh, I'm ill. Got a headache, oh, my glands. It was a debate. It was the Diaspora Debating Association. And um, the debate was about China's... Uh, China's... What's the word? Investment into Africa and the Caribbean. Is it mutually beneficial or exploitation? And it was actually a proper debate. Like you have an opposition and a proposition. And it goes, opposition... So you have the statement. The opposition go first because they go against the statement, then proposition go and back the statement. And so your captains do that first for 15 minutes. Then for another 10 minutes, you have your deputy, your first deputy, who who's meant to refute the points 
that the other team's made and then introduce them, back up the points from their team and then introduce any other points that add to the argument. And then the second team going meant to do the same thing. Then you have your second deputies. <clears throat> and then you have, at the end, you have your rebuttals. Now, the rebuttals, you're not allowed to bring any new evidence in. And you just have to argue the points that have been made. You basically just pick holes in their argument. And it was really interesting to watch and be a part of. And I'll tell you why it was so interesting to watch and be a part of. Because I've always been conscious of this when people debate. Right? I've always been conscious that... Well, people claim they're debating, but they're not. They're just arguing. Uh, when I say arguing, I mean the... No, sorry, arguing is like debating. Sorry, they are just... Someone makes a point. For example, they say, oh, it's sky's blue. And the other person goes, no, it's not. See, now that's a weak argument because you haven't actually said what it is. Or you haven't provided evidence to say why it's not. You just got no. And what just happens in actual... So what a debate's meant to sound like is the sky's blue for these reasons and then someone else comes back and goes no it's not because of this reason and it is red because of these reasons but what tends to happen is someone goes sky's blue and someone goes no it's not and then they go yes it is and they go you're a prick they go i hate you and then they go, i've always hated you and then they bring up some shit from two years ago yeah well what about when you didn't turn up to my girlfriend's birthday he's like what he's like she didn't invite me. Well, if you really cared about me, you would have invited yourself. And he's like, wait a minute, it's got nothing to do with the sky. What's happened? That's how it goes in real life conversations and in Facebook groups that, you know, they like to claim they're debate groups, but it's just not. It's just people just commenting. Commenting in a way that they'll never speak to someone's face as well. These Twitter streets, these Facebook streets. Well, it's, it's cold out here. Get a Twitter bullet. Pat pat. Got the likes I've got. I got I got people doing ha ha crying faces. At you, bruv. Don't step to me. Man rolls deep in these Facebook streets. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's really interesting to see how proper debate goes. And because I was marking, I was so and trying to analyse what they're saying whether they're actually refuting the other team's points, you then realise how much people rely on presentation in the sense of dancing around the subject to maybe voices or rhymes, just style. And it's crazy because there's, there's a crossover to comedy as well. Like, you can have all the best material, but if you don't perform your material, so you've got a mix of two. So again, because one team, it was basically, it was how I expected it to be. One team was had less performance, but they had like the substance. Whereas the other team maybe had less substance, but they were so much more entertaining to watch and listen to. And when you ask the crowd, the crowd had it scored so much closer than we did as judges. But I can see why, because they wasn't having to mark it step by step. So I think it's the same as in comedy. So if you were just there on stage just banging out solid, well-written jokes, but you stood still, you're not going to get the same reaction as a guy who's telling some pretty ropey jokes that aren't that good, probably haven't got full punchlines, but they are just running around screaming, just look like they're having a great time. That The second person's going to get more laughs. Guarantee. Guarantee. I've seen it. I've seen a guy be on stage and tell no jokes. 
good 10 minutes. No jokes. But he was funny. Literally no jokes at all. Just accents. Running around. Taking the mickey out of things. But there's no jokes. No actual jokes. But that's the way of the world, man. But um, I'll tell you you, who is a joke. Segway. That Donald Trump guy. Um, I'm going to talk about Trump again. It, it, the Puerto Rico thing. It make, see, this is where the comedy mind comes in. Real mind, the comedy mind. That's how it filters through each time. When he told them, ah, this ain't a real disaster. Like Hurricane Katrina had way more, had thousands. You've only had 16 dead. Here's the thing. What he said is statistically correct. But come on, Don. Like, wait, wait until you're on the plane and then say that stuff. And you've got to throw out like supplies. Don't don't do it like it's a free a free shot at Madison Square Gardens, man. Like, <laughs> go go at the whole whole swad neck, whole goose neck on the, on the throw. Just like no, mate, just stop it. This ain't meant to be fun. But he's just a he's a crazy guy, man. He's a crazy guy. Um, I I just, I just feel I have to be entertained by him. I know people are scared, but I just feel like. We're going to look back at these years. We're going to look back at these years and our kids ain't going to believe that this guy was in power. And when we tell them the things that he said and did, we'll start laughing because it sounds so ridiculous. Our kids start laughing. Then we're like, oh, man. Politics is actually quite boring now, isn't it? You know, we'll just feel just underwhelmed by it all. And we'll, we'll miss it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really miss it, but... We'll see. But, man, what else happened this week, man? Um, see, the Vegas shootings happened. That was nuts. Um, but there's no call to ban country and Western music. You know, after that much violence at a gig. You know, a lot of people argue about the T word. They ain't, ain't called him a terrorist. They ain't called him a terrorist. It's because he's white. And, all right, I get it. Right, we get it. We, we, we've all worked it out. And, yeah, that's just the way it is. But then here's the thing. Is it that he is a terrorist and they're not calling it because he's white? Or is it that they call too many other things terrorism when it involves brown people when it's not? Because like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just having a brown guy with a beard who is Muslim shout Ahala Akbar before he blows something up doesn't actually mean he's associated with any terrorist organisation. You know what I mean? It doesn't. I can't remember which comedian said it. Or someone said that if a guy blew something up and shouted Wu-Tag before it, it doesn't mean that he's part of Wu-Tag clan. And stuff. So, it's true. If I shoot you and start shouting Sue Wu, I'm not blood. I got... That is so... I'm not sure. Like having all the Google searches and stuff, yeah, of course, you might be interested. But what if just the guy is just a nut? He just happens to be Muslim, but he's a nutter. See, whereas this guy, lone wolf, normal guy, just a normal guy, lone wolf, which may be true. May be true. Like not everything in this world makes sense. So, who knows what the motives were behind that man? But it's um. It's a weird though. It's a, it's a weird one. Proper proper weird. Shoot up all the place. It's just yeah. 
I mean, like, what else happened in uh, Vegas off the back of that? They, oh, then they had to, oh, they dragged the woman through the mud. Just a woman who was in a picture with. She wasn't even in the country when it happened, yet they want to question her. I mean, that's a bit nuts. What do you want to question her for? I guess you have to. It's line of investigation. If it's the last person you've seen with it makes perfect sense. So he's not always race. It's not always race. But I don't know. Just what the amount of guns though. Jeez. So many guns. Are they gonna ban guns? Nope. As Jim Jeffrey says, Brian, love guns. That's the only reason you have guns. You love guns. And they do. They absolutely love guns in America. Well, not all of them. There's quite a few people who are anti-gun. So I can't say all Americans. Yeah. That's another thing people do. Like, Americans do get a hard time. We all make out Americans are stupid. And um, you've got to remember not... But every person that's in power, there are probably most people don't want that person in power. So how, how can you assume that every American is stupid? When a lot of them actually agree with your point of view. Which may be that you're stupid. You ever thought of that? Huh? Huh? No, you didn't, did you? You didn't think you were stupid. But no. There's just so many people. Like, was it 60 people injured? No, six people, around six people dead, 500 injured. Like, I did say this yesterday on another podcast that, um, like, who did he get his gun from? Man like Shaq. A tinker scrap! It's like, whoa. Now, it's just too many guns. I don't know how the guy got that many guns up there, man. Knocked out the windows that made him protect against that uh, bloody tornado speed winds. This guy managed to smash the windows out. And the only reason he was found where he was because he was letting off so much firepower that he set off the smoke alarm. Rooms just covered in smoke. It's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, man. But I, don't know. I know this world's a mess. Flipping Nelly. I don't know what's going on there. But um, if you haven't seen, he's been uh, he hasn't been charged. He just got arrested, and it's an allegation of second degree rape, which is um. Which I think what I read was second degree rape is if the person is under the age of 15, I guess under the age of consent, or the person cannot give consent due to being like mentally incapacitated, which I think includes being drunk. Now, what the internet has done now has gone, oh my God, he is a rapist. And then... And this is like why it's messed up to like name someone who hasn't even been charged. He hasn't even been arrested. He's just alleged and he helped with the investigation. You can't be telling, you can't be spreading around that someone's a rapist because they've just been accused. Accused of being raped. But then how many times can you be accused of a crime before you, you have to go, ah, do I, I don't actually care about trials anymore. You know what I mean? Like R. Kelly. He's never been found guilty. How many times can you be accused? Man like Michael, MJ. How many times can you be accused? And then you have to be like, I don't, I don't, I don't need a trial anymore. I know that's not scientific. He's, he's not scientific at all, and it's, and it's probably not fair. But you know, it's not. 
It's way over the world. And then obviously, because one of the caveats of sex degree rape is being underage, people are now trying finding. I say trying. People are finding just creepy videos with nearly with kids. There's this one video of this girl on stage. This blonde girl. She looks. She looks about nine. Maybe old. Maybe eleven at tops. And it all starts like he's just a nice guy, just on stage. And if anything, he does seem like a nice guy throughout the video, but it just seems a bit creepy and inappropriate. Like he's there leading her out on stage and they're talking and she seems kind of excited but confused. But I also feel like which seven-year-old's a fan of fucking Nelly? Like, so I feel like her parents have taken her, just fame-whoring her out. And then... um. Now go on stage. Go on stage, Wendy. It's like, Mom, I don't want to go on stage. I didn't want to be here. Wendy, went, go on stage. Go on stage. And be with Nelly. Okay? He's a fucking legend. Okay? Do you know who that is? Mom, I don't know who he is. I didn't want to come here. And it's like, he did... Unley, unley, mama, E-I-E-I, uh-oh. Uh-oh, Wendy. Uh-oh. When I was in high school, that was just the biggest song ever. Country grammar, Wendy. Mom, you're just saying random words. Wendy, get on stage. Wow. And see, then she got on stage. And she's just pretending to like have to enjoy being on stage with Nelly. Then Nelly's talking to her and he goes, Okay, okay, what are you gonna do? You have to face me. And I was like, What no no don't why are you making her face you? I go, I've seen Enrique do this with fat women who he's never have sex with and make them feel special. I get it. Right. And then he goes, Right, hold my glasses and it's like So this feels like he's now trying to create an intimate moment and like look straight in her eyes. And then he starts playing with her hair. And and singing the song is only just a dream. Like the type of thing someone would say if they snuck into your room as you're sleeping and you woke up midway for them doing some fucked up shit. Like you just whisper, it's only just a dream. It's like, no, Nelly. I was like, no. I, was, I, I had to switch the video off. Because it's just, it's just, it was, I actually shivered and cringed and cringed and shivered. I almost did a cold vomit in my mouth when I saw the video. I was like, no. So I don't even know how the video ended or continued. It may have, it may have ended with him just going, oh, you actually have a bug in your hair. Here it is. Sorry. Now just stand over there and let me carry on the song. It could have ended really well, but I haven't brought myself to finish watching that video because it was just too... It's too weird. This creeped me out. It's really fucking creeped me out. And I just don't get why parents like putting their kids with celebrities. Like, why? I just don't believe any seven-year-old girl is a Nelly fan. None. I just, I Even 17, you wouldn't be a Nelly fan. Unless you used to watch, like, Real Husbands of uh, Hollywood. You'd like him as an actor, maybe. But a fucking rapper. Nelly, not a chance, not on your Nelly, you're gone in a dude, not on your Nelly, um, so, well, <laughs> what else happened this week, what, what else have I done, I was on, um, it's a Radar Radio with Miranda Loy and 
Sa- Sasha Chantel. Her name's so hard to say. There's too much S's and H's there. Sasha Chantel. Um, and I was with Brandon Parma. He's American. And I was with the founder of Geek Star Clothing. I is it Devon? Devon? Von? 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 It's Von. It's Von's there. Definitely Von's there. I can't think of his name. And um, no, that was really fun. Talked about a lot of things. We spoke about um, what happened in Vegas. We spoke about uh, just like race, just race times. The N word. We spoke about the N word. A good conversation about that. And then just communication, modern day communication. Um, you know how blue ticks me- messed up the game. But I like to use blue ticks to my to my own evil devices. You know, I'll look at the blue ticks. I let you see it. I let you know I've seen it. I might even send you a message going, I've read this. You gonna reply? No. I might mess you continually, and then you call me, and I don't pick up. And then when you, when I cancel the call, and then mess you going, "Hey, what's up? Did you call?" Literally seconds after, then you call me again, and I just won't pick up. And then I'll just leave it. And you're just like, Darren! You can't get, can't get in contact with me. But um, what else has happened? This, I don't think much else has happened this week. Um. I said, I went to see Ricky Gervais. He was awesome. Just made me feel, made me, I just like seeing top comedians. It just reminds me just, I'm not good yet. Now, I'm decent. But that's in my scene, within like my level. The clubs I do, I'm decent in the clubs there. But when I see a guy like that on stage do it, I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm not that good. Like, <laughs> But it's not not in a negative way though. I don't feel like oh I'm, I'm shit. I'm shit. I'm shit. It makes me go, damn, there's so much more I need to learn and do and get good at to be at the level I want to be at. So let's just keep going. Just keep it going, man. You keep it going. I like skit on a Kanye West first album. Can't easy. What's happening with him, man? It's um him and Kim having a baby by surrogate. Why is that my my business? It's not. I don't care. I don't care. So I'm just going to come off this topic. I, I could go in the Kanye. Could be talking about his weight gain and stuff. And I think it's unfair. I've spoke about this before in the previous podcast. About his weight gain. People are basically saying, you know, the girl 30 is. Is he the surrogate? It's like, wow. But it's like, um, it's... What I don't like about it is everyone takes having a go at him about his psychotic episodes. So he takes some medication to get over it. He gets fat off the medication and people are like, well, we're going to have to rip the shit out of you being fat, isn't it? You seem sane and happy right now, so got to do something to tear you down, mate. It's a shame, man. It is a shame. Goddamn shame. But oh, I'll tell you what's funny. I was on my radio show yesterday covered an article that happened about a high court battle of a man and a woman they were together they had a baby via IVF all right and um, while they were together then they split and um, but they still had frozen zygotes that's zygote zygote do I win scrabble now zygote 
Triple letter score. Triple word score. Zygote. That's kind of word that'll make you flip over a Scrabble board, isn't it? How the fuck did you have the letters for Zygote? And then... Oh, they write Zygote. No, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. I was going to say they'd write that monozygotic. But then you've got the E there. (gasps) Unless... Unless they had the blank... Can you do that? Can you... If someone has a blank, can you make the blank anything you want it to be as well? Or do you have to say, no, it's an E, so you have to use it as an E? I'm not going to reinstall words with friends, because I piss people off that because I just don't reply. I just I don't do my moves. And, you know, no one wants a smelly victory like that. When you're playing a game... And you win by default because the other person has just stopped being bothered. Like, like imagine that in a football game. I was like 20 minutes, the other team goes, that do I? We can't bother to play anymore. They just walk off. And the ref's like, continue playing. Which you can't actually, because once you score a goal, then the game's dead. Because they can't take centre kick. Uh, what about that? But <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, words with friends. Scrabble, Zygote, yes, IVF, so they had to kid by IVF, and um, they split, and then the guy finds out that, well, no, well, no, the woman becomes pregnant, sorry, the guy finds out that he's, she's pregnant by one of their frozen Zygotes, she got it released five months after they split up, so he's just like, what the fudge, what the fudge? And uh, so he goes to the clinic and be like, what, how has this happened? You need my consent. And they're like, yeah, here, here you go, here's the document. You signed it. And he's just like, what? I didn't sign this. And then they find out that the woman forged his signature. So he's like, yo, I'm suing the clinic. What are you suing them for? The costs associated with this unwanted baby. I don't want the child. She's like six years old. So he's been taking care of her. Because like he is the dad. But. I don't want to pay for you. Why? So don't want you. I didn't want you. <laughs> so Jesus. Jesus. What well, well about, well about my older brother? No, yeah, I wanted him. We wanted him. We worked really hard. We paid a lot for IVF to have him. We, we wanted him. But you, you're born out of deceit. Deceit and forgery. And not forgery like a sword in the flames. No, forgery like fraud. Huh? Like, hey, when I get an email that says, Hello, Griffiths. This is, this is Jimmy from Nigeria. Your uncle has died and he's left you 400 million dollars pounds. <laughs> I love it, they call buy the currencies. Left you 400 million dollar pounds and they cannot be released until you come and sign them. But hey, I don't want you to come all the way to Lagos to sign these. So here's what you need to do. Send me £2,000 so we can get the documents released. And I guarantee, 
I guarantee. I'll just take a small five, take a small half a percent, and you can have all the rest. Like that's all your money. You're the only living heir to this uncle that you've never heard of, Griffiths. Do you want it, Mr. Griffin? And he's like, wait, you've changed my name there. So that's the kind of charge you put out forgery. So he's suing the clinic. But here's the thing. The things he's trying to sue for. He's trying to sue for the current costs. Right, fair enough. The costs you've already incurred. Fine. But future costs like private school. What? Holidays. What? Wedding. <laughs> it's everything. Everything. Her future divorce. He's just wrapped it all in. He hasn't even done for like damages, that emotional distress. And um, the court said, hey, sorry, yeah, it was forged and it's unfortunate, but you cannot be, uh, you cannot um, make a claim if you've had a healthy child. And that's me where the law's weird. It's like, wait, so if the child was unhealthy, when you can, what, you can make a claim? I don't get it. Uh, but, there you go, and you can't sue the mum because there you're suing your own child there because the mum's looking after the kid. I'm gonna sue the mum, make her broke. Oh, who's gonna pay for the kid? Me. With what money? The money I just took from your mum. Oh wait, no. No, it's just messed up. So I don't know. No, but the law, laws are weird though. Like, that's one thing I found out yesterday at the gig. So you know, I went, oh, just went to the bar. So can I have a Corona, please? And he goes, yeah. And I said, do you have lime? He's like, yeah, yeah, but I can't put it in the bottle. He's like, what? He goes, yeah, I have to pour the Corona out into a cup. I was like, why? Because license laws. And I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to get angry. I just want to know. Out of interest, why? What's, um, what's, what's the law? Because basically, when you're playing this type of music, you know, like hip-hop and R&B, you're not allowed to have glass. And I was like, oh, I see. I see you. I see you. I see what you're saying now. It's a uh, racism. See, this is where it's racism. It's just like, no, he just started laughing. I like, didn't want to say it. Like, oh, come on, bruv. Because of the type of music, we can't have glass. And then he's just like, and he's the Indian guy. So it's the same, like, if there's Indian weddings, as soon as they know it's an Indian thing because of the type of music, yeah, not allowed, not allowed glass. I was just like, what? That, that makes no sense. Like, what, what's going to happen? You can't sue the bar for someone bottling someone else. Well, can you? Is that where the law is now? Like, I'm going to sue Weatherspoons because someone else bought a drink and they smashed a pint glass over my head. Well, Weatherspoons should have given him a glass pint. So it's not a weapon. It's a container of liquid. You can use anything as a weapon if you want. You can't be just not letting people have stuff. Fuck you, I could cut you up with a plastic cup if I really wanted to. Take me ages. And you'd be a very long, long ordeal for you. You probably won't die, you just get scratched a lot. It'd be more more of a nuisance. But <laughs> Oh, it's just uh law's a mess, man. Oh, I just don't um I don't know how to work this world. But I got a parking ticket on Thursday. A bit more segueing into law there. Decided to drive. I saw I was at uh, this charity event in the Emirates, you know, for 100 black men of London, and that's what I realised is that um, 
I must really, you know, love this charity for me to step into the Emirates. I didn't, I didn't burn into flames. I didn't burst into flames. I, I managed to firm it up. But now it's a lovely stadium. It's inspirational. It's a great stadium. And it was a great event. It was uh, your future, your ambition. We was just talking to all these kids from different schools and stuff. Um, and just talk about who we are as a charity. And we surround all these top companies like Deloitte, EY, Vodafone, ITV, Bloomberg, Cambridge University were there. And it was basically telling these kids, like, having divert, like these schools that promote diversity and these companies that promote diversity. So these kids who are from, what's it, BAME, B-A-M-E, Black and Minority Ethnic, and then like um, poor white kids as well. So you either got to be black or broke. Not both. No, um, you can be. You could be both. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's what it was. And all these companies are there. And like networking opportunities. And it, it was cool. But, and um, I got a parking ticket for that. Now, here's, here's the deal, right? So it was on those Ringo parking uh, car parks. I saw the the pricing structures, £1 for one hour, £1.80 for three hours, but I was going to be there for a bit longer. But it's £15 for 12 hours. So I was like, hold on. So basically, I was just get three hours. Then when that expires, just extend it on the phone because you just do it via the website. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm feeling smug. I'm feeling slick. I was like, I just worked the system. Just played them. Fools. Played them. Until when I went to renew the parking. And the website's going, nope, nope, you haven't done the minimum leave period. And I was like, hold on. He said, what? Yeah, he said, check the signage in the car park. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't read the small print, did I? So I go walking down now, get to my car, ticket on the windscreen. Parking attendant just behind the car working on the next car. It's Nigerian auntie there. Do you know what? Why am I mad at her? Because I was like, you're just doing your job. I'm mad at the app. And she was like, oh no, why have you... I said, I'm not going to do Nigerian accents, I can't do it. So, oh no, why? Why did you come now? I said, like, why did you come now? Like, just... If you come just two minutes before, you wouldn't have got a ticket. And I was like, oh, the event I was at, overrad, lied. <laughs> I lied. Um, and I was like, yeah, just what... And I was going to, um... I was going to extend it. Because well, you want to just do it on the phone. You don't have to come down here to extend it. I was like, I tried. And I showed her my phone. I go, I oh, know there's nothing else you can do about it. You've issued a ticket now. She goes, oh, this is horrible. Because you're so pleasant. Like, you're really nice. You've got, you're, you're a nice person. And then she goes, oh, um, yeah, you should appeal. And she called me a nice person, right? I realised it's because she must be so used to put, just doing her job. And then someone come right out going, oh, you fatty cow. What are you doing? People like you. you that's what's wrong with this country. A ticket attendant. Um, I mean, if you haven't paid for your parking, you're going to get a ticket. <laughs> it's a simple rule. But uh, so I then looked around at the signs thinking, right, maybe I did miss the small print. I didn't. There was nothing written down. So now... The fine will be £40 if I pay it within 14 days. Part of me says appeal because you've got grounds to appeal, Darren. Another part of me goes, oh, Darren, can you be bothered? Can you be asked to do it? 
You just just pay the forty quid and just just forget about it. Move on. So I'm undecided what I'm gonna do. And so, but anyway, it was at the event, and the event was really cool, man. And being a hundred black men of London, obviously, an event like that, not every kid or every person you speak to is black. So it's about asking. The people asked like, oh, so like, is it just for black people? Can other people volunteer? Because some people are really inspired by what we do, so they want to volunteer or they want. And we was like, no, you, you can't because you, you're not black, so you can't. And <laughs> it was just like, it was funny because some people felt, I think we in the organisation find it more awkward than the person receiving the news. And um, and what what's really funny is talking to white kids about it. Why? Because they just don't care. They just take it on face value. It's like 100 black men of London or something. Like, yeah, it's a charity started by black men. Um, it's run by black men about women. It's for black children for the age of 10 to 15. And then you see a face, you start, oh, okay. And so I was like, all right, well, we need to carry on talking to them because they stood here for 15 minutes. And I go, all right, a lot of you stood here and, and you're looking at yourself going, well, I'm not black. What's this got to do with me? And then I was saying, well, we've got different, lots of mantras and ethoses within um, our organisation that are universal. Anyone could get them. Then we start talking about those things. And then, like, one of the kids, any question, one of the kids puts his hands up. Goes, yep. So, um, so the black children you work with, do you feel like you've done a good job and they actually benefit from the mentoring? And I was like, oh, right. And I was like, answer the question, like, yeah, we think we have. And we said the amount of kids have gone through. And then the kids just like, oh, okay, no, that's really good. The kid was 10. He just didn't care. He didn't care about race. He was just like, oh, yeah, okay. It's for black kids and I'm not black. Oh, shoulder shrug. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I really just piled on this kid. Like, this kid doesn't care. Just give me the facts. All right, those are the facts. Cool. Right, I'm moving on. I'm going to the Vodafone thing because they've got, like, cool VR sets. It's so... Kids just find this stuff so easy to deal with, man. It's like... We just add so much shit to the world. Adults. Not kids. Bloody adults. Who was the first set of adults to start really fucking things up? And I know it's easy just to blame the Europeans, but I mean, just worries, just having to, like the idea of working. Who invented bloody working? It doesn't make sense. What are you working for? To get money. What's money? It's made up. You just made it up to add value to things. What do you need money for? To buy things? What do you need these things for? I don't know. I can't remember. Another comedian said this. That a house is just a building that you put all your things in. That's it. That's all All these things that you don't need. You don't even need a house. Now, a house is a real luxury, but think about it. Like, what we should all have is patches of land that we just grow stuff from. And then maybe a building the size of like a garage. That's like look, somewhere to cook. You which you don't even need. You don't need like electricity or gas. It's just fire. Fire's free as well. I mean, I just think yeah, we're just living in a world where we're just chasing things, chasing things that just don't actually exist. I'm having a full-on existential crisis on the podcast. 
Who am I? <laughs> Why am I here? Nah, I'm not. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm not, not having a meltdown. It's all right. But it is just interesting. Like, we work really hard to make lots of money so that we don't have to work and that we have free time to do the things we really enjoy. So why don't we just do the things that we really enjoy? Well, because I need to get money. Why? To, to do, the, do, do the things that I enjoy. What things do you like doing, mate? I, 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 like, I like drawing. So why don't you just not work and, and, and draw then? Because I, 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 I need to buy drawing figs. So it's like, I know he's just like, we're trapped. We're trapped now. I'm a, I'm a pessimist. If there's any other system other than capitalism. Not saying that no other system can work. I think we're all just so locked into it. Because as much as I can say this, like, if you try to take away my bloody phone, I mean, I'll punch you in your well-meaning neck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, oh, that's enough I did this week. I was going to talk about So, so, uh, I've got a girlfriend. And... <laughs> We went to an escape room on Friday, just me and her, We're early doors, so I thought this is going to be interesting, how will I behave in an escape room with a girlfriend, because anyone knows me, um, knows that I like escape rooms, and I also lose my rag if I don't think you're pulling your weight, so as there's two of us, I thought that won't be a risk, and then it was like how does her mind work, it was interesting to see how her mind works, and her, her mind works fine, but we was really patient with each other, so I think she must be thinking the same thing about me, it's like, ah, uh, how will we react to each other, and we was both really patient with each other, and we worked together, we got out of the escape room with a fuckload of help from <laughs> the guys doing it, and we came out, we was like, hey, we did it, well done, teamwork makes the dream work, but then we both admit, it's like, right, let's do this in a year's time. Let's do this in a year's time and see how this goes. She said, yeah, I'll probably punch you in the head. <laughs> I go, I'll, I'll probably scream at you. <laughs> but hey, it's in a good stage. It's in the cool stage where we really like spending time with each other. So let's just try and just drag this stage out for as long as possible. And drag it out for as long as possible. Just make it last. This enjoyment stage. You know, I don't know how you make that last for so long. It just takes one person to piss the other person off enough. And that's when you realise you're in a proper relationship then. And they piss you off so much. But you don't go, oh fuck it. The relationship's over. You just go, Ugh. I'm just going to have to fix this now, aren't I? <laughs> that's, when, that's when you're in a relationship, proper relationship with someone, and they piss you off if I can't actually walk away. Oh, I've got to try and fix this. Because like, if you're just dating someone, like just dates, and they piss you off, just stop texting them, innit? Then it's just like, oh, they're gone. But when you're actually in a relationship, it's like, I've got to, I'm going to see her again. So, Fuck.
I can't just leave you with her slamming the phone down and me calling me a dick. I'm, I'm, uh. <laughs> That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. What is the time? Let's have a look at the time. Look at the time. Look at the time. Jeez, how long have we been talking for? It's meant to be a short podcast. I've just been rambling and I don't mean walking. I just mean talking. 52 minutes. All right, I'm going to get off this. Um, Everyone, have a good week and Charles for listening. See you later.